This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Have you ever witnessed a mini miracle? We often think of miracles in terms of incredible, once-in-a-lifetime moments designed to inspire. But what if there were miracles around us every day that we just didn't see? On today's podcast, we'll talk about the most inspiring little mini miracle that happened every day for 40 years, and we'll learn the wondrous significance of this oft-forgotten wilderness wander. Look in verses 11 and 12 of Exodus chapter 16 today. The Lord spoke to Moses, I have heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will eat bread until you are full. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That language should sound incredibly familiar to you, as everything that has happened in the book of Exodus has been about proving that the Lord is the Lord your God. Exodus 16 describes for us God's miraculous provision for God's people in the wilderness season. As the chapter begins, the children of Israel have been led away from the oasis at Elam. The very name of the place was itself a reminder of God's goodness to the people on the wilderness road to the promised land. The name Elam actually has a double meaning. El can refer to God or a tree. So genuinely, it was an oasis of shade trees brought to them by God on this wilderness road. Now remember, the road to redemption has led them this way because God meant to teach his people how to interact with him in covenant community. They are headed to the mountain of God, that place of desolation where Moses was at his end, but God's purposes began for this people months earlier. God had led them this way quite intentionally because the shortest route through the Philistine territory would have been too difficult for a generation of Hebrew slaves who thought they were ready for war. But God knew better. He knew the more formative route would be through the wilderness because it protected them from the temptation to return to their slavery. It also taught them valuable lessons about themselves and, more specifically, about the God of their forefathers. God had triumphantly led them from their bondage through the sea with signs and wonders, and still there were lessons about God's faithfulness and his goodness that they would only learn on this wilderness road. The people had learned the most recent of these lessons at Elam, where God had provided an oasis from the incessant sun of the wilderness road. But now they are leaving that oasis and find themselves stuck in the wilderness of Sin. Sin means mud or clay, a fitting name for a people stuck in the mud of complaining and grumbling. They are on their way to Sinai. Now that word implies desolation or thorns. So catch the picture here. These people are in the wilderness desert in the western region of Egypt. They are leaving the the oasis and headed for the desolation of thorns. No wonder they're stuck in the mud, complaining that they have nothing to eat. 
they begin to grumble to Moses, accusing him of leading them into the desert to die under the ruse of deliverance. But honestly, would God have delivered them with such signs and wonders only to abandon them in the desert? Such a preposterous notion was patently ridiculous, and yet it was their argument. Moses had enough sense to realize that their criticism was not about him, but was really about the God leading them, and more specifically about their own selfishness. Their quarrel was not about him, but was really about God. God was the one who was leading. Moses wasn't. Their dispute was squarely with the God of the cloud and the fire. So before Moses can even defend himself, God summons the people and tells them that he has heard their complaining. The same God that had listened to their cries for deliverance in Egypt now was subjugated to listening to their complaining aimed at the same God that had delivered them just months earlier. But rather than annihilate them for their ungrateful spirit, God had compassion on them and sends them manna and quail. However, the means of sending this manna was itself instructive because God commands them to gather the bread that fell from heaven every day. There were daily miracles all around them for 40 years. God sent this every morning with the sunrise. God scooped up bread off of heaven's table and sprinkled it around on the ground around these people wandering around in the desert complaining every day for 40 years. God did this for a purpose. Not only was it a daily reminder that he was their source, but the fact that they had to gather it every single day was a reminder that they were dependent upon him for their very survival. That bread had to be harvested every day because it would spoil after the first day. So they had to remind themselves every morning that their survival was dependent upon the God who was literally feeding them by hand every morning in this wilderness. They did this every day except the Sabbath day. That day they were to gather two days worth. That in itself was a miracle because it didn't spoil on Saturday like it would have on Monday. In this, God taught them that he would always be enough for them and that they would have to trust him on the days that they couldn't see his hand working. They were forced to sit and remind themselves that God was their provider and he could be trusted. This is the whole point of the Sabbath. And so as we apply these truths, it can lead us to some very pertinent applications. There will be times on this wilderness road where God leads us away from the oasis and into the desert to what appears like the place of desolation and thorns. But as we remember from the story of Moses, the area of desolation is also the mountain of God. The moments where God leads us away from the oasis and into the desert can often incite our complaining as well, can't it? Such complaining is heard by God. God not only hears your cries for deliverance, but he also attends to the constant opining of your ungrateful heart. He hears it when you doubt him. He hears it when you complain about how bad things are. God is not deaf to your negative spirit. How foolish it sounds for a Hebrew slave who is now walking in freedom toward a covenant promise of a land flowing with milk and honey to complain about the ride to that land. And yet that's how foolish we sound when we complain. 
Have we not been delivered? Have we not been emancipated from our slavery to sin? Are we not headed to the land of our dreams? Is God not providing for us every step in miracles and signs and wonders every day that we often miss? How obtuse is it for us to complain about the path to that land? I'm often reminded of the road to Panama City. Despite my dislike for the beach, I've always loved that area of Florida. But getting there is a different story. It's an uninspiring slog through the South Alabama uh, wilderness to get there. But it is foolish to complain as if that's my final destination. You know why? Because I'm not living there. I'm passing through it. I'm headed to a beautiful coastline of Florida. Friend, just because you have to pass through the thorny desert on the way to the ocean, stop complaining. God hears your ingratitude. Remind yourself, you're going somewhere. This is not your final destination. You are passing through. Stop biting the hand that feeds you. God has delivered you. He is leading you. He will provide for you. So why do you complain about how bad your life is? The natural tendency here is to defend yourself and say, well, I'm not really mad at God, just at my situation or at my struggle or my circumstances. Well, call it whatever you will. Your quarrel is not with your situation. It's with the God of that situation. God put you on that road, not the Moses in your life that you would love to blame for your difficulty. What if God brought you to this place to show you that he could provide for you in ways that you don't even understand yet? The people didn't even know what manna was. They didn't even know what to call it. They didn't know how to ask God for it. They didn't even know what it was. And yet the same is true in our lives. We don't even know how to ask God to provide for us. But God knows how to give us daily miracles. And if he can rain down bread from heaven, he can provide for you. The trick is learning how to trust him. This is what the miracle of the manna was all about. They had to gather it every day so that every day they would be reminded of his faithfulness. It was their own little daily mini miracle. God does the same for us. There are small things that are sent to remind us of his commitment to us. It's the gift of a good friend that calls you to tell you that he is praying for you. It's the unexpected gift on your doorstep. It's the warm smile and the cheerful demeanor of the person on the other side of the office from you at work. It's the love and faithfulness of a small child. These are all God's gifts. Many miracles, often overlooked or taken for granted, that God sends us to remind us that he hasn't forgotten us or abandoned us on the road to glory. God is faithful, and he will not deliver you just so he can abandon you. He will finish what he has started. You only need to trust him. The other side of this is to realize that often the difficulty of our own lives begins to diminish when we focus on the needs of others rather than complaining about our own. When we become that little daily miracle for somebody else, somehow our joy is increased. You see, we're in this together, and God means to use each of us to encourage someone else. That's why the community of faith exists, to promote one another on the wilderness road. So who can you bless today? Who can you encourage? Why not just take a break from complaining just for one day and start being a blessing to somebody else? You'll both be happier. Jesus, thank you for the many miracles. Thank you that you are indeed faithful. 
Lord, help us to trust you as our provider. Help us to take a Sabbath rest and remember that you are the source of our strength. You are the strength of our lives. We worship you. Help us, God, also to be the miracle, an encouragement to somebody else today, and help us never to forget the God who delivered us and never to forget the God who will lead us safely home. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For the show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Have a great weekend. Join us on Monday as together we help you learn to read your Bible.